Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy! Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text, sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it It's everyone and welcome to couples therapy my name is andy and i am naomi we are a real life couple a real life couple of comedians and on couples therapy we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners <laughs> i was gonna say why do you have your eyes closed you were almost doing it like um a scat you know Billy Bob, beep, 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 beep. Giving us real New Yorkian poets cafe energy. Real uh, Kim Cattrall energy. Oh my God, yes. You guys all know Kim, Kim Cattrall scats. If you haven't seen that video, look it up. Thank me or berate me later, depending on how it feels for you to watch. Across town, <laughs> Samantha was yelling weird syllables into the air in a strange rhythm. <laughs> you know what? She stay work, okay? She was on How I Met Your Father. She is also giving us... This new show on Netflix called Glamorous. Kim I'm on Control. It's out here. I'm on Kim Control's side. I mean, I didn't realize we had to pick a side. You have I to. Just, oh. I just say that she's oh, doing great. You have to pick a side. Are you on the side of Carrie and Co? Carrie and Co? Carrie and Co. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I have seen every episode, I don't know why I blanked on everyone's names. It's okay. 
Uh, or are you on Samantha's side? You have to choose. Oh, well. This is the real civil war. I got to say, <laughs> this is the real civil war brewing in America mm. is which side are you on? Carrie and Co. or Samantha? Yes, 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 yes. Fair, 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 fair. I'll get right with my God and come back to you with an answer. I mean, the real question is, which of the uh, which of the Sex of the City characters are the Fab Four? I think that's the what? real question. Which is Samantha, not Ringo? Is Samantha uh, Paul McCartney or is Samantha John Lennon? There's your real question. No, she's neither. <laughs> she's George Harrison. Wow. So <laughs> Carrie is obviously John Lennon. Yes. Uh huh. And then red hair is yep, Paul Miranda McCartney. Is Paul Miranda McCartney. is Paul McCartney. Charlotte is Ringo. Uh huh. Ruined through. So who's Yoko? Stanford Blatch. I say big. Big. You're right. Big is Yoko. What am I saying? We've got <laughs> anyway. This off. is not like and it's. I just need you to know how much Andy puts into like the outline for the intro, and he's like, "We have to do this and this and this," and I'm like, "Who cares?" And then we end up on something that he brings up, which <laughs> is the civil war that is sex in the city. It this is, is on him. So and- hot in this apartment that my brain just cooked and just like went in a different direction from the plan. Well, that's fine. That's the, fine. The plan was to talk about. We had just watched Ghostbusters again. And Naomi would not shut up about how young Dan Aykroyd could get it. Wouldn't shut up. I said it like twice. Okay. Twice four, in the whole. Four times. I don't know about four. But I did think that he could get it back then. And Andrew did not appreciate it. Mm-hmm. He said I shouldn't be talking about other men who could get it in his presence. <laughs> I did not say that. Yes, you said. You said in front of me? You're talking about another man in front of me? And I said, well, would you rather I talk about it in front of you than away from you? <laughs> you should talk about it all you should repress all desire that's for true. any other human being that is how you make a relationship work that's i mean repression is key to making love <laughs> a success we've been saying that for years that's what the whole podcast is about yeah you yeah. know don't ever to communicate i think these are the big things we talk about don't ever communicate with your with your lover or partner don't right? ever change in any way don't change in no matter how much it would benefit you yourself mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, the relationship mm-hmm. no, no, no 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 be who you be who you were born as. yes uh, repress all desire. <laughs> exactly. All desire for anything. You know, hopes, dreams, mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd. Repress, repress, yeah, repress. Yeah. Just just, uh, just, stick all that libidinal energy libidinal. <laughs> into into a wall yeah. and put some bricks over it. Yeah. And then live your life. And then live your life. Live, live your best life. <laughs> um, Andrew, I think we have a fun update that I'd yes. love to get into. Speaking of living your best life, mm-hmm. do you remember last episode with uh, our, our dear friend Ashley Birch? Yes, absolutely. There was a caller who's who their their parents wanted them to like set them up kind of with like a fa- the the son of a family friend, something like that, right? right? And, and at the, first she was like, eh, but then they got together and she was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and she like tried to kiss him and he like responded uh, in with nothing. Yes. I was going to say responded by not responding. Um, and he's a little like, I don't know what I want. And like, he's just not reciprocating. And yes. he's not giving us signals that imply love. Yes. And I think we all said, you can't date this guy. Get him out of here. Yeah. Move on. Get him out of here. So well, we, what's the update? We got an update from this person. <laughs> Hi, Andy and Naomi. I'm laughing at your... Um with no message. Anyway, this is Michelle. Uh, she, her. Um, you just answered my email um, with Ashley Birch, who is so lovely. Um, I completely forgot that I wrote to you. 
And the aloof gentleman that I asked you about, um, we are actually fully together. Um, <laughs> that happened um, shortly, actually, before it got warm out, and I was going to start looking for other other nerds. And um, something just clicked, and I guess the the kiss where he didn't know what to do with it um, gave him the intel that this was an option, and um, our parents have just been told, and they're very excited, and um, it's going really well, and actually the the friendship first was exactly what we both needed. It's very the opposite of most of the relationships I've been in, um, and um, yeah, so that's the opposite of everything you told me to do. And uh, funnily enough, someone just asked him recently how long we've been together, and he decided it's been um, a year. Uh, the first time we hung out, like last June, June 27th, I had to look in my calendar to figure it out, um, was our anniversary, and then he apologized for missing it. Anyway, um, love is real, and I appreciate you all so much. Obviously, I shouted out the animals. I am a dog mom. You have to shout out the animals. Um, also, he is an Andrew, um, so it's beautiful. Um, I love you all, and I was recently in France and listening to you there, and all of the ads were in French on Spotify, and I was like, what the fuck? Why isn't they only telling you about the Peloton I already have? Anyway, thank you all. <laughs> I love you, and um, that's it. Well, you know what? Considering we told her to drop this person like a bad habit and they're together, she is being very nice. She still loves us. She says, oh, I didn't do what she said, but I'm thriving. Uh, and that's also beautiful in its own way. It's beautiful in its own way for someone to tell us I did the opposite of what you said. Uh-huh. And I'm doing great. So great that they were in France. You know what I'm saying? That's beautiful. Just, just eating a baguette, walking down the Seine, listening to couples therapy. Uh, and... Uh, uh, oui, Peloton. Peloton. Uh, je voudrais un Peloton. Um, and that's gorgeous. So thank you for letting us know that, though, because I do like to know when I've told you to drop someone like a bad habit and you have gone on to celebrate a year of love. It's humbling. That's fun. Humbling it's for humbling. us. It's you know humbling. what? Sometimes, Naomi, we're big shots of the entertainment industry. Sometimes we got to be brought down to earth. <laughs> You're right, Auntie. Uh-huh. You're right. It's just really good to be just like, put me in check. Yes. Put me in check. Keep telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. We're not the popes of romance. We're not infallible. <laughs> the popes of romance. It's so true, Andy. That's so true because the pope is infallible. Mm-hmm. We know that about him. But you know what, Naomi? I'm going to say this. There is one thing that is infallible, and it's how good your show at Largo is going to be. Well, Andy, thank you so much. I'm sick of saying it myself. I need you to say it. This Friday, August 12th, 8.30 p.m., I will be hosting a night at Largo with Sarah Silverman. Yeah, that Sarah Silverman. Solomon Giorgio. Megan Gailey. Asif Ali. We're having fun, you guys. And I'm going to tell you this. I don't know when the next show is going to be. So it's this one, and then I don't know the next time you get to see it. Because you know what? It depends on how many people roll up this time. They ain't going to be out here being like, you could just have a show if nobody becomes the show. But if people come to the show, then we get to do another show. Okay? And so think about that if you are on the fence. Not sure if you might wait. Come through. Masks are required. So it's as safe of a safe space as you're going to get out in these streets. I am bringing you the best. You know I'll be in a jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a good old time. Ain't that the truth, Andy? Friday, 
August 12th, what time? 8.30 p.m. 8.30 p.m. at Largo, the best venue in the country. The best venue. Hands down. Hands down. Hands down. In the country. Put those goddamn hands down. (laughs) (laughs) So you better come through if you've been even thinking about it. Now, speaking of other things you need to do, it's listen to this episode because today's guest, a dream, a sweetheart, an angel, an artist, the one, the only Charles Rogers, Henny. You know him as one of the creators of the show Search Party. Mm. Come on now. You ain't watched Search Party? You better watch it on HBO Max before HBO Max take it down. I was on that tip before anyone else. I had Charles and Sarah Violet on my podcast beginnings eight years ago, something like that, mm-hmm. when Search Party first premiered. Well, wasn't it because of that movie Fort Tilden even? No, Search Party. It was first season Search Party? Yeah, yeah I really liked it. Well, you've always known. You've and always you know known. What? I've liked all five seasons. Because they're great. They're great. So you guys, without further adieu, okay, in case you're in France, listening to this on Spotify, without further adieu, the one, the only, Charles Rogers. Allons-y. So wait, you were just telling us about how you were on podcast, The Ride. I forget what the name of the podcast. It's a Forever <laughs> Dog podcast. The, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, you actually knew the, knew yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I knew yeah, Scott Gardner. Yeah. I love Scott Gardner. so funny. Work, you know but, all podcasts. Um, he's very sweet. But uh, right after you had gotten broken up with, like a day after, <laughs> it was. Bye. Oh my god! I said it. I said this story off mic. Uh, it was a. It was a. The day after a terrible stage <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a multi-stage breakup. <laughs> oh my god! I'll, I'll say it that way. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Now, are you somebody though who has? boyfriends like you know what i mean you go from relationship to relationship i think of you as someone more like independent you know mm. alone somewhere i'm somewhere in between those two i am i am what i am not is i am not a like one to three month dater i just don't okay. like if i either know like oh, okay this is gonna be a while or i'm just like no like so <laughs> <laughs> like i don't really get how people are like we dated for two months and then realized it just didn't click it's like well what were you assessing that whole time <laughs> like, yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah how did it take that long do you just not know yourself at all <laughs> um, I, think, but, I think you hit the nail on the head there, right? <laughs> yeah but that's like 95 percent of the population <laughs> so. yep Yep, and therein yeah. lies our big problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. yeah. <laughs> or I yep. think people hope date. I think they are just like, well, maybe this will, maybe right, this, maybe this person will become yeah. someone else. Yeah, maybe they'll stop being <laughs> yeah. a piece of shit at some point randomly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or you know, I'm on Hinge and those things, and like. Just like the way that you have to simplify yourself down, it really does make you feel like, God, humanity is so stupid. Just like, (laughs) it's just like, what do you like? Like, I like shows and I like, it's like, I like food and like, what's a perfect day? Like hanging out. It's like, well, (laughs) we're doomed. (laughs) Like, if like, because literally like, what is there to do on earth? Like, all you can do is... You can shop, you can eat, <laughs> you can hang out, you can socialize, you can go to, you can have a spiritual experience, you can be in nature, you yep. can sleep, and that's it. That's <laughs> make things. It. What? You can make things. You, you can make, make things. things. You can make things. Yeah, and you can work. Yes. And yes. then, but like, that's it. Like, that's all. And then you see like the, the, the James Webb <laughs> pictures of like the deep universe and you're like, and these are our only options on this earth. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like, and then there's like a universe out there. But anyway, but then, I don't know, just like, just like Hinge and those things. It's like, damn, like it sucks. Right. <laughs> like it sucks to like connect with people when like that's the bottom line is that it's just about like what kind of food do you like? Right, 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 right. There's nothing more to it. But- well, yeah, I hope there's a connection there. Oh, you like tacos too? Wow, my heart. Oh my! Well, I know. I feel my I think heart beating faster. That's the two monther. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're like, you like that too? <laughs> and they do that for five dates. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just like a what do those, we both like? Yeah. Yeah. Those it's are the vibes. two month people. Yeah. Dating vibes. is vibes, right? Yeah. Because it's a, because most people are just going to be like, mm, I like chicken Kiev or whatever. Chicken Kiev. Yeah. yeah that's most totally. people love chicken Kiev. No, those are, <laughs> chicken Kiev are like long term monogamous people. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a that's not a two month. Let's. I just got out of therapy, so let's deconstruct this. Why was mm. chicken Kiev the first thing to pop into my head? That's a really good question. Now, is it because your therapist is Russian? Interesting. Could be. Mm. She's a Russian. I've never lady. had it. I don't eat meat. I don't even really know what that is. I didn't have it. Yeah, I've been a vegetarian for like 15, 16 years. I don't I've never and I never ate it before then. So I'll I will never know the pleasures of chicken Kiev. <laughs> oh my God. Um Charles, I think that you are so funny. Mm. So dry. So intimidating. No. Do you hear that a lot? I'm scared that I'm intimidating. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's that thing where, like, the thing you project is also the thing that you wrestle with, you know? Like, I mean, I just came from Fire Island. Um, The place, not the movie. Um, (laughs) And... And truly, like, it was... Hold on, sorry. Can I, can I interrupt you? Is that yeah. something you now have to specify with people? If you're like, I was just at Fire Island, and they're like, oh, wow, how's uh, how's Joel and Bowen? I heard they're great. <laughs> yeah. like, no, are no, you no, a no, Joel no. or are you a Bowen? Um, I meant the actual physical place. I mean, it was, it, was genuinely, it was genuinely very surreal to see Joel and Bowen at Fire Island and d- other people from the cast. That, like, it did feel a little like Disneyland where we used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's... It, it's like as though you knew if you knew Mickey before the creation of Disneyland, <laughs> and then uh-huh. you saw Mickey uh-huh. in Disneyland. <laughs> I once made out with Mickey. This is so strange. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I mean, high school vibes were on blast, and not even not in a malicious way, and not with any of them. I don't mean it like that. I just yeah, mean yeah, like yeah. the like yeah, clicky. You know, it's got to be like, clicky. Everyone's there with their crew. Yeah, and you're and you know I am constantly like navigating the deep wells of vulnerability within. <laughs> but, and I just take for granted that everyone like gets that. And then you like hear like, Oh, you're intimidating. And it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, but I guess, you know, it's cause I don't want to get hurt or whatever, but I'm also, I'm militantly warm. <laughs> <laughs> militantly warm. That is fantastic. That is a, a fantastic beautiful turn phrase. Of now, I care about people. <laughs> I know. I've never had the pleasure of being in a writer's room with you. I'll send you my sample. <laughs> your next one, you can. Put I'd it. love to read it. Um, <laughs> says no one ever. But <laughs> I'd love to read it. Uh, with my writing, you Uh-oh. will. Please, Andrew, get to the question. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's a sample uh, sale with your writing. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi, in the room, did you find? 
like what is this what are you reacting to like what i was i was just saying this in therapy too when i can't read someone i tend to project my insecurities on them Mm -hmm. yes of course and so like in in the search party room are you saying like did you project your insecurities on charles is that's what you're saying um I'm trying to think of that first time. It was no Charles was the one who I felt like I could connect with almost instantly. There was something about it where I was like, "Oh, you're like, he's like a, just a tired golden retriever, <laughs> which is like sweet, but just like let's just calm down, let's just kind of get <laughs> yeah. get into it." And once I kind of figured that out, but it was initially that inscrutability. Like, it's very true. It's like, I remember when I um, had the interview with y'all and I was like, well, I just don't know how it went. I just don't know how it went because <laughs> I could not tell if they were feeling it or not, you know? And it's just, um, yeah. but I'm the same way as Andy. Like where, when someone's inscru- when I can't read, I'm like, oh, okay. So you hate me, which is the most like <laughs> yeah, self-centered yeah, yeah. dramatic interpretation of a human's neutral face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, totally. Totally. I think, well, just to talk about me, like, I think that like what, what is happening often within me is that I don't want to offend people or I don't yet know what I think about something and I'm processing it. And like my eyes can disassociate (laughs) (laughs) and it looks like something way heavier that is more personal is going on. And it's just me like experiencing anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) but you, did you grow up? Cause you grew up in a... I didn't. <laughs> a touchy-feely family. Hmm. No? Well, my parents are hippies, for sure. Yeah, that's okay. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm basing yeah. that on. They're really... They don't... Like, my dad especially did not, like, fit a mold. So it's really hard. To, he was larger than life, and he was a leader, very alpha, and with a lot of extreme pathological thinking. So like I was raised in a really specific kind of little family culture, just the three of us, but I, it, it wasn't some sort of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't really communicate. Okay. Uh, I see. I see. Like, right. At least (laughs) 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 I've had to teach myself a lot that no one was teaching me, but, um, people with, altruistic overall like altruism was like a thing in my family like you know like i don't know when you like hear about other people's families and you're like oh my god like some people just were raised by like assholes like not even talking about like trauma but just like right right you know just like i i feel very lucky that like that i had people who like had value like values were important like in Mm -hmm. a humanitarian way you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did that set a pattern though for you for the guys that you look for <laughs> I say no. I say no altruistic humanitarians. So altru but I was gonna say altruistic yet distant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say well, okay, I've oh my god. Well, I've had three long term relations and um mm, I would say Nick, uh, uh, not to throw my first boyfriend under the bus because he's a he's a good guy, but Nick, Nick's Nick was my second was my um, grad school boyfriend in New York, and he was I would say like a great person. Like Nick is just like a really good person, and now he's like adopted all these kids and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> living a very different life than me. <laughs> so I don't know. There's no real through line of my oh, okay when it comes to your yeah. to what you like. It's a real grab bag, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it does sound like, as you said, you were like, I don't do a month or two. You kind of know, yeah, 
early on if you even want to be bothered with that person. But mm-hmm. is that does that make you do you think it's impulsive or no? I think no. I think I like have a pretty good sixth sense of people and you know about whether I'll click and then. Like, my first relationship was two years. My second relationship was two years. My last one was four years. And, uh, you know, I think, if anything, it's more like the issue is codependence and hanging on too long, probably. Mm. And and not, like, admitting where I'm at. But also, like, two years is totally a fine amount of time to be with somebody and move on. (laughs) (laughs) You get everything you need. You don't get too far in. (laughs) When you meet someone, I mean, what... What's the time period we're talking about here where you're just like, nah, like eight 1900s. Days, 1900s? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, That's what you do. So, so, okay, so pre both wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the mute, the ragtime. It swept me away. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Scott Joplin, I understand what you're talking about. The I'm sorry, what, what was your actual question? <laughs> I, I'm just wondering, like, is it like one date, two dates? Like, how many dates were you just like? Mm. Oh yeah, how quickly do you know that somebody ain't shit? It's mm. <laughs> a good way of putting it. <laughs> I would say my. <clears throat> oh my god, so <laughs> vulnerable talking about this. Um, I would say my first and third boyfriend, I sins. I w- I like. I w- it was a little bit like I knew in advance, like I'm gonna love this person. Hmm. Um, like I, I had a sense of them, and going into it, I was like, I'm gonna love this person. My second boyfriend, it was a process. Like it, like actually took like. But I remember even on the first date being like, "There's something here." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now, when you're doing a hinge, do you do a lot of um, chatting back and forth, or do you like to just be like, "Let's get coffee and see"? I think the problem is right now I'm not actually in like a truly intentional love place. Like if I was truly intentionally trying to find people, someone, I would be like actually following through on conversations, but it is, it's hard when you, when people, when you're not really into it, people all feel like bots to you for better or worse. (laughs) Like, you know, and like, you can kind of just like be like, what's up. And then like, you just forget about the app two days later. And then you're like, what was the Mm. point of that? Like, you know, yeah. And it's nothing against that person. And maybe, you know, in the totality of experiencing them, like, you would actually be like, wait, this is the love of my life. But, like, it's just not that the apps don't, they don't lead to that energy naturally. Right. Unless you're, like, really hardcore looking for it. Sure. Otherwise, it's, do you like Chicken Kiev hits differently? (laughs) Totally. Totally. But then when you're really in front of that person. It could just be it could be the key to your heart. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, because it's so true. Those apps are work. And it is such a conscious, like, I wanna be with somebody. Like I wanna yeah. be dating. And then when you're in that mode, it's so true. But I think also being in that mode though, and as you said, it's kinda like the same the same reason I think why people will like try to make something work. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. I wanna be with somebody. Yeah. Totally. And then it's like, oh, you just want to be with somebody more so than like this person in particular. Absolutely. And that's when you like when friends are like, I feel like I'm going to be in love soon. Like I've started saying that lately and I'm like, I actually need to stop saying it because when I've had friends say that before, then like, like I, I've had friends be like, I want to be I think I'm going to be in love soon. And then they like try out a guy. It doesn't work out. And then the second guy, they're like, this one clicked. And it's like you because you were in the headspace. You're gearing up yeah. to just like, you know, align with it no matter what. So like, right. And it takes like one or two guys to be like, I clicked it in. (laughs) (laughs) He's Uh, nice to me. I used to go uh, clothes shopping 
and I'd be like, oh, I need a shirt. And then I would not find anything I liked, but I would be like, I guess that one. Right. Like I would get it anyway. And then it would just sit in my closet. I would never wear it. Right. Of course. Because you're like, well, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I have to come out with something. And that is. I made the effort to go to Zara. I need to come away with a shirt. <laughs> Definitely. That's the way I'm I'm shopping for furniture right now. And there was just like it was like, well, I'm I, I will not use another day of my life to look for a desk, so I will decide by the end of the day, even if I don't love it. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I think I had another point and I forgot it. <laughs> oh no. Well, we're talking about um, you know, making something work because you're like right, it's right, time right. to work. I mean, I think that where I'm at now with love is I don't, I think I just don't want to be in another relationship unless it, not that there is the one, but like, unless it's going to be like for like a long haul mm-hmm. situation. And I'm pretty burned by love right now um, in for better and worse. And I'm soaking in transition right now. Like it's all about like, you know, I want to fucking gear up for a chic ass forties, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta do the work now. Like, I don't, and also like, when you're in your thirties, like, <clears throat> I will never, I will never date someone in their twenties ever again. Like, I, I will not shepherd anyone over the thirty year mile mark <laughs> ever again. Like, and also, did you? Why do that? should? Uh, yeah, but I wasn't a huge age difference, but mm-hmm. either way, like, you know, twenties into thirties, like four years is a, a huge amount. And then once you hit over 30, then it's all four years is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, why should anyone in their twenties be with someone for the rest of their life? That's so crazy. Like, and I know that you guys have made it work, but like, generally speaking it's like yeah, why no, should i crazy. ever expect anyone <laughs> like it's crazy to like if i was to be like hitting up cute 27 year olds and being and being like i think this is the one <laughs> it's like that's right. fucking nuts <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh charles you uh, met yeah. on fire island actually <laughs> yeah. at a screening of the movie um yeah. and it is yeah. not this person is not the one yeah right right right. i see what you're saying mm. i see what you're saying i mean i'm i'm looking for 35 i'm looking for my exact age like like one year, one year up, one year down. It's too dangerous. It's too different. <laughs> oh my gosh! Are you doing a lot of hooking up though? Like what? Like- <laughs> Andy wants to know. Andy. Uh, um, yeah, I am. I mean, I last year I had like a rump springa in New York. It was really, um, it was really like the city was alive, and I felt like everyone was into. I don't know. I learned a lot about sex my mom is close (laughs) 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 while i record this you know i learned i learned like you know i learned a lot about just like intimacy and connection and like just sort of the like the the human side of it and like how nice it can really be when it's about that more than like proving yourself to yourself or to someone else and and how much of sex gets tainted by like adequacy stuff Mm. for me at least but i think probably for everybody and um and so like that was a really good year last year and then i lost my dad like four months ago and i'm just like why (laughs) 
<laughs> like, no. Like, it's not. Like, imagine if I was like, and I've never been hornier. <laughs> like, it's like, now is not the time. Like, if it happens, it happens. But I'm not, I'm not like, beating down people's doors right now. <laughs> right. Right. Not like high fidelity. You're not like hooking up in the car. I mean, I'll do that. <laughs> but two but, nights in a row, no. <laughs> but you know, you're you know, you being back in Texas and you were in Texas during a lot of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do you find when you're back home, it makes you feel like a teenager again? Like, do you that you're like either you don't feel like you have control, or you feel like you know you are seen as being that person you were. Yeah, I mean, it's shifted radically um, with my dad, uh, mm-hmm. with the loss of my dad, because now it's me, just me and my mom, and now I'm a little bit, like, um, the adult, and so, like, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's its, that's its own thing, like, the dynamic has shifted, and, but before that, I guess, you know, I guess, like, yeah, there, there's, there, yeah, because my dad was really particular and like uh unchanged his brain was unchangeably fixed uh to think really extreme ways and so I, no matter what i was raised to work with fixed people and uh that's a little bit like the burden <laughs> you mean when you say fixed people you mean like rigid and like you had to fit you had to kind of behave according to very strict boundaries yeah, I've learned that it can show up in many different ways um, around the people that I gravitate towards. But no matter what the through line is, that they are going to be their thing no matter what. And it, that can show up like in every flavor. But like no matter what, like I'm I just gravitate towards that. And I'm like, watch me watch watch me get what I need out of this. Uh, like, isn't it amazing how well I can get what I need out of this by double timing you and myself? And like, that's you Jesus, know, like, I'm tired hearing it. I so. know, I'm tired too. <laughs> the only the only compliment I ever get is on my skin, and I'm like, why isn't my skin more tired? Given like, <laughs> given how tired my soul is. There's no moisturizer for the soul. Uh, There's no way <laughs> you gotta start that book, Andy. Exactly, because the soul has chicken soup, but the uh, soul does yeah. need moisture. Uh, wait, what did you mean by extreme? Th- I think you said extreme thinking. What did you? Yeah, mean by um, my dad was very. Um, he was really paranoid, and he did. He had a really hard time trusting people, and he needed to be in control, and he was probably on the spectrum. Um, but he was extremely leaderly, extremely authoritative, and very, very charismatic, and wanted to like change, wanted to save people's lives, and he wanted to show people that he he could save them. And it was a really, you know, he's he was a doctor and like hippie, and was an alternative cancer specialist, so he like did homeopathic medicine and he like pioneered a bunch of stuff that didn't exist, um, you know, at the time and was like one of those like people at the forefront of it in the eighties and nineties. So like he was kind of a mad scientist and he probably would have like thrived in the wild west, you know, like he would have been some Uh big wig who was telling people how the rules, what the rules are. Mm -hmm. And he was, he couldn't handle people having rules over him. Um, so you know, it, 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 it and but he was a genius, truly. Like, uh, in 
many, many ways and innovative. And so, you know, I, I was raised by someone really extreme and really unique. And I think what happens is like you, you mute a lot of aspects of yourself to accommodate, but then you get given a lot of thing, a lot of like strengths too by osmosis and the backdrop of my dad's brain was so life or death. Like he was like, you got to do it right. You got to like, you got to play your cards right on this earth. Like it's, it's life or death. And I mean, he was dealing with people's lives and deaths. So like it truly was. So, I mean, like I'm a little like fried from framing my own life as life or death, but like mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I don't know. I still, maybe it's cause I'm enmeshed in, all of it but like i still am like ah there's something to it <laughs> you know like <laughs> there's, there truly is like it like we'd only get one shot here and you got to make a difference and and i and i think people i don't know how to let myself off the hook i haven't learned it and so i always feel like other people should live the same way i do um yeah mm. and, and i know that's not necessarily right all the way but at the same time like don't waste your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I will say it's funny when you talked about, you know, talking about your dad and the most recent text you and I were talking about Teal Swan and obviously all of fifth season of search party, this idea of that person and sort of like, I have the answer. Do I, but they got something here, Yeah, you know, and, and kind of wrestling with what is that line? Yeah. And, you know, almost in kind of like living in that line of like, well, if these people choose to live this way, who are we to say that they are, quote unquote, brainwashed as much as they have a design for living? Totally. Totally. And my dad was like, he wasn't a cult leader. No, I know. <laughs> but, no, no, no. But like, but I hear, but but I hear there's he stuff. could have been. He could have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I always say like, if I had been hit too hard on the head as a kid, I would be too, you know? Like, <laughs> I, if I, if I... If I didn't, if I didn't show people my cards as often as I do, I could be a cult leader. But I'm like, no, I'm so vulnerable. Like, there's no way, there's no way I'll ever be able to pull it off. And also, I don't have an interest in hurting people. <laughs> I always, I always think about it in terms of like, I don't want to get found out. Every cult leader gets found out, mm-hmm. and then something happens. I don't ever want. That's why I just don't lie at all. Yeah. Period. I don't want to. I don't want to. You don't like a little. I don't like the reveal. The reveal sucks for anything. I gotta imagine that uh, uh, David Koresh, whatever. (laughs) How embarrassing was that? (laughs) ATF showed up on his lawn. Totally. I would have been mortified. (laughs) So embarrassed. Oh my god! Can you believe they showed up? Totally. Well, I used to think that like personality disorder, just to be super pop psychology about it, like personality disorder is about like if you deny some aspect of yourself, if you're like, I don't have shame or I don't have guilt or I don't have doubt. They say that's like the building block for personality disorder because you're like, what is the thing in the Bible about like you build your house on sand and it washes away or what? Like, it's like that is a faulty premise to build an, an, your existence on top of. And so you start double downing on circumventing logic to the point that like it just breaks your brain and you become like a totally different way of thinking. And I used to think that that in of itself was the thing that made people act quote unquote crazy, which is actually probably offensive because there's lots of personality disorders that are <laughs> benign and you know, whatever. And like, but then are there? I, 
<laughs> well, I mean, like some people are like, tra- I mean, it's all trauma. Like it's <laughs> yeah. all trauma, you know, yeah. like trauma. People see somebody get their head blown off and then they are borderline. You know what I mean? Like it's like that sounds I'm sure someone's going to be mad at me. But like that it, it, on some level, it's as simple as that sometimes. And, um, you know, uh, but I think now, like the more I think about it and also the like the characteristics that my dad portrayed with his passing because he could not believe he could not accept that he was dying. Like he wouldn't, he just wouldn't admit that he was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, he became really, uh, volatile and, and I have empathy for it, but he, it made me think about how when people act erratic and it's mixed up in personality disorder, I think it's because, when you deny an aspect of yourself or deny some aspect of truth to yourself, you experience friction and the like friction is the thing that begets friction to the point that you start becoming a Karen or whatever. And just like attacking Mm -hmm. people because like, it's not about it's, it's about the inability to make peace with something is the gateway that like, begets that bigger snowball and it's not about like oh i just didn't it, i didn't accept that i didn't have you know doubt and it's as simple as that so that's where my head's been at about people lately yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i i i guess the thing is i have empathy for the purse for the child who was traumatized mm-hmm. but like i at some point with the adult who then goes on to traumatize other people i'm not saying your dad but i'm thinking about yeah i thought about this the other day with like i forget who probably some Republican, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, so yeah, so they had, yeah, I do have empathy for the person, for the child that was traumatized, like Trump, whatever, his parents were pieces of shit, yeah, and then Trump becomes yeah. a piece of shit, but then he's an adult, and at some point, like, you have to take responsibility, like, that Republican yeah. has to take responsibility, right? It's, two, I, it's two things at once, because on the one hand, it's like, on the one hand, it's like you can't help what house you were born into. You can't help what situation you were born into. And so, like, if you were born into like a bigoted house, like you just you can't hold that against somebody. But then, like, you can hold them it against them for not growing later in life or like putting themselves to the test or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, on the other hand, the whole problem with the entire human race is that we aren't validating each other's pain. And like, if everyone felt like their pain was seen, we would have none of this, like none, none, none of it would be happening. Mm. And that, and, but, but that's what sucks is that like, it's like, really, like, I have to validate this white Florida, like Ronda Santis's (laughs) pain. I have to validate. And it's like, (laughs) but it's like, uh, unfortunately, yes. Like it really is that, and like, but I think it's too late to validate his pain. His pain should have been validated thirty years ago. You're right. I think it's like that, and because I because I do understand what you're saying. You know Mm -hmm. this idea because it is all about asserting one's like, I am here, I exist, what I want matters. Yeah. And so, how does that look for different people depending on where they're at and their lives, right? And so it can be it can be good, it can be bad, it can be uh, destructive or not. But it is that you know, it's interesting too because. Not to take us off of it, but also just thinking about like, not when I say relationships, I don't even mean romantic, but even just friendships, right? What it is as mm-hmm. we get older and start to unpack our shit and like get a little more honest and look within the extent to which, for instance, once when I'm like really trying to do the work, I actually have don't have patience for other people who don't. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when I'm actually yeah. doing it and then you're out here on some bullshit. 
and you know what I mean, yeah. or like complaining about the same thing over and over, but still doing it, or like all that kind of stuff. I I lose my, I lose some of my sympathy or my empathy. It's hard, and then you start talking down to people, and then you're like, well. <laughs> Like, what are they going to get out of me? Like, and then I, and then I represent some sort of ideology in their mind about like some liberal, whatever, who thinks they're better than me. And yeah, cause I, I have a family member and I won't get too specific, but like, they're just getting Trumpier and, um, I guess it's never too late. Um, <laughs> and, and, or too early. It's never too yeah. late. And, uh, and, you know, I've often thought like, okay, if I ever had that family, like you see all these people on TikTok that like, are like, you know, mom though, like think about it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, I've been like, I've been like, okay, what is my approach? And it just like defragged my brain. It was really hard. I like, because also just like the things she was saying, I was like, first of all, like these messages you're getting are crazy. Like that is not at all. Like, like she was saying that progressives are banning books because of like, and I was like, hold on. The whole thing about being progressive is that you don't ban things. Like, I don't think you understand. Like in the, in the history of progressive, true progressiveness, like, (laughs) like it's not, it's about like the separation of church and state, but like, you can't like take that and run with it all the way to say that like people are banning, like you're the one banning books. And then (laughs) like, and then some other shit that was just like, I just was like, and I tried to say that I was like, it's because you feel like your pain has not been seen throughout. And, there's a whole other thing about her upbringing and that all, and it's just like everyone is voting according to whatever pain happened in their upbringing. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is like ultimately it. And like everyone's take on politics has everything to do with like whatever their core wound is. Like, it's just like, it's so, it's so like pop psychology and in a way that like, I feel embarrassed saying it, you know? (laughs) I I will add on this dimension that whatever their wound is get channeled through our economic system, which allows, which, which puts a price on that wound Mm. in some way. Uh, But yeah, everyone's wounds are framed through whatever ideology is like the structure, I guess. With the, with empathy, this is the difficult thing, right? Because I think you are right. It is our job as people with empathy to empathize with the people, with the psychopaths, with the people that don't have, or what I mean by that, like the people that don't have empathy, that aren't Mm -hmm. able to do that. But that's what's difficult about that dynamic is that we will always empathize with the psychos and they will never empathize with us. And so we constantly give them the benefit of the doubt. That's why I said, like, it's one thing to empathize with them. It's another to politically give them any ground like i want to empathize with them till the cows come home but i don't want but i want them to not leave their houses but there also like shouldn't be a new york times profile on them Uh, like clansmen are people too right totally (laughs) totally (laughs) that's the difference right totally proud boys can become proud men (laughs) 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 that's the problem I know, because it's literally like how whenever, like, whenever there is whoever the problem child is in the family and whatever that means, like, whether it's like a learning disability that takes everyone's attention or, or like, like behavioral, whatever, like, 
that person dominates the family and all the attention is on that person and every kid is a reaction to whoever had the loudest existence. And so, like, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, like, I think that we just didn't really have a clear example of it until Trump, but I think it's probably been this way forever. Like, it's just been, like, whoever is the most behaviorally unhinged person who who is forging ahead the loudest is it we're just at the mercy of reacting to and it's just like mm-hmm. it just sucks yeah. <laughs> it just that's sucks. why the rest of us it just, have it's to just live. a sucky reality <laughs> we have to live out loud we have to live out loud. i have to you're wear right, right. i have to wear five yarmulkes and yeah. a bunch of policies when i go outside and be like, yeah. this right. is judaism this is a jew in your face <laughs> I'm going to only You're speak right. Hebrew. I'm only going to do prayers at, right. the, at, at Trader Joe's. They ask right. me a question. Go, <laughs> you have a problem with that? Oh, like, what? That's good. You will win, win some office. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, oh, like, there might be a ceiling for you, but like there is a ladder too. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I think that that's a perfect time to take a break. And then we got to come back because we got to answer these people's questions, Charles. They need us desperately. I'm excited. 
<laughs> dating a man from Spain who is very untraditional when it comes to dating and marriage. I want to propose to him in November slash December 2022. So you might actually answer me before the time comes. <laughs> but have no idea what to propose with. He's a socialisty iconoclast and does not believe in wedding rings or wearing any type of jewelry and pretty much scorns buying anything that isn't totally necessary. I thought about proposing with an expensive pair of climbing shoes because climbing is his greatest love in life. But my sister says it should be something that lasts forever. I don't know. I don't know much about climbing shoes, but maybe you can get just the best ever and they last. Just don't buy paper ones. Uh, I asked him if he would ever really want if he would ever want a really nice watch. And he replied, why do people insist on wearing things that molest them? I understand (laughs) watches before we had cell phones, but now it's all pointless. (laughs) (laughs) This person that was their emphasis, by the way. Uh, What do I do? What can I give him that will be special and signify forever? Three question marks. Interesting. Oh my God. I will say though, I do listen. I'm so happy you wrote us and I adore you, but you did make this person sound annoying. Okay. <laughs> you did not make them sound good in this letter. You did not make them sound like somebody you should be proposing to. However, They've, they better be hot. They- <laughs> oh, I think so. Like a Spanish climber. Oh, yeah. You know? Abs- like yeah, yeah, true, yeah, true, yeah, true, true, yeah. true. Abs till the cows come home. Yeah. Definitely be hot. Um, but, you know, that's what, you're a creative soul, Charles. What do you think? I, you know, I'm very... I, I get the whole, like, what is a ring? Like, I totally get that. Like, I, it doesn't speak to me on any level, the, the idea of a wedding ring. Like, I would do it, but I, I don't know. It just, like, makes... There's, it creeps me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> Wait, why? It just feels very, like, his and her hers towels or something there's just something so like i wear a ring and you wear a ring and, me, like, and, it, and also just like chill out like it, well like i how could i know he was married if he didn't have a ring like this weird like yeah postage stamp that people need to like not have affairs it's just like there's so much to just be like hold on can we get to the root of the real problem but um I don't know. I'm very into travel and considering you're a travel nurse, which is, I'm so happy to learn that's a job. I never heard of that. Um, I think trips are, trips are the way to, uh, memories last a lifetime. That's what I'll say. So I love a trip and I love, I love folding important or, or meaningful life moments into a trip. Um, Unless... Unless you're tired of being a travel nurse, in which case <laughs> you just want to do it at home. I get that. But I, I don't know. I, I really am into like, let's go somewhere and just being human about it. Like, I don't think you need I don't think you need all these props. I see what you're saying. I like the idea of like, yeah, going to a beautiful like a new place together. Right. This shared experience. Mm-hmm. And then that's where. Uh, you pop the question. That's where she pops the question. I do. I like. See, I don't like jewelry either. I don't like being encumbered by stuff. I, I don't. 
Yeah, you don't want to be molested by a watch uh, like the Spanish. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's just something that feels heavy about watches. Or <laughs> I've never been a ring person. I had a maz- I wore mm-hmm. a mezuzah for a little while when oh. I was younger, like after my bar mitzvah. I got one like as a gift. I wore it, and I'm like, I don't really like this. Like, <laughs> it's just something, yeah. something about like, and the chain getting stuck in my chest hair was not too much. <laughs> it, what you, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about like a wedding ring. That does like it feels adult to me. It feels mm. like it's mm. not about like possession or something like that, but there's something like that signifies like, oh, you have done this adult thing. Interesting. Interesting. And I wonder mm-hmm. if this person might feel differently about the symbolism. And I'm not even. I hate symbolism. I don't get it. So like, <laughs> right. it's not even like a like. This is the one. I guess the one thing thinking about is like, oh, that might be. That th- there's something symbolically worthwhile in that. That like nothing else has ever. Has ever like uh, gotten to so maybe? Do you guys, sorry, what's up? Do you? No, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. But uh, do you do you do rings? Have you done rings between you two? I gave her an engagement ring. I have an engagement ring. Yeah, I wear that because I like it because it's very pretty and it's like the only fancy thing I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I really like I like it and it makes me feel like a lady. You yeah. know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, got a nice little pretty ring. That's nice. I wouldn't have had this otherwise. Because I also don't. I'm not a big jewelry person either. Meaning, like, I wouldn't buy it for myself. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a special step. Away, like you know, it's a departure. But then it's also like, oh, somebody like me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, is exactly yeah, what yeah. it is for me. I would like, like the, to feel that. That yeah. traditional like that. But thinking about what you guys are both saying, what about? Okay, something now, travel nurse. You tell us. You tell us. You know your skill set. Is there a piece of art <gasps> you could make? Mm. I was going to suggest that. That's good. That's something then that like, and again, it could be a photograph you took and then blew up and you know put it in a cute frame. I'm not saying you have to be out here, you know, Frida Kahloing it. Okay, <laughs> giving us like something dramatic if that's not where you at. But I was like something, you know, maybe a picture of the two of you, something you take it, you know, later or just something, you know, this, you know. Uh, Captures a memory of the relationship, you know, yes. some pivotal moment, maybe, or like the moment I knew I loved you, or the moment, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great because that combines both of your ideas into something like there is an object, yeah. but it is also a meaningful object. It's not just like a culturally, like, well, you know, the world says I'm supposed to wear this ring. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then he's, the and Pope like, says I'm supposed to wear this ring. And it doesn't have to be big <laughs> so that he, you know, so that uh, he's not feeling encumbered or, so, you know, like it's not. Because I, yeah. I do get also, I mean, as somebody who I have a, such a hard time throwing things away, but it's also kind of mm-hmm. why I don't like to get things, you know? Because mm-hmm. I just have like, I don't really like tchotchkes and things that hang around, yeah, but same. then I always feel like if someone gave me a gift, I don't want to just throw it out. Yeah, totally. So it ends up in a drawer. You know, like I, that's kind of what mm-hmm. happens. And it's like, okay, now I got a drawer full of shit and I can't find nothing I need. So, yeah. No, yeah. Any, yeah, I agree. Art is like, that. it always means more in the end. And I have like this painting that my friend made in college where she like, we, I, my first boyfriend and her and her boyfriend, and I'm still friends with, they broke up. I'm still friends with everybody, whatever. So it was like a time capsule of a different life. And mm-hmm. she, we all took mushrooms out on some river country when we were like 19 and she took a bunch <laughs> of Polaroids. She cut the Polaroids out and then she pasted them onto like a big painting she did of like the river and the time. So like she made it look like we were all there and it was, I mean, it's very like something somebody makes when they're 18, but I'm yeah, never yeah, going to throw it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like right. I, I love it. So, like you know yeah. and 
that's cool. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Totally. What about the um, the tool you use when you're rock climbing? If you're not, I assume if you're not doing free climbing, isn't there like a pickaxe type thing? Can you get a nice one of those? <laughs> Do not get him a nice pickaxe. Because he don't use that to murder you in 10 years. Okay? Don't you give a man a weapon. I will not allow it. You know the saying, give a man a weapon. But teach a man to weapon. Teach a man to use the weapon. You'll be dead on the spot. (laughs) What's the next one, Andy? Uh, uh, Why don't we do... Good luck, though. (laughs) (laughs) hi andy and naomi um i got (laughs) really nervous i'm in an office alone don't know why um anyway uh hello love the show long time listener first time caller um my advice well i guess i'd like to be kept anonymous but my pronouns are they them theirs and my question is sort of about like a a friendship breakup ghosting situation uh there's one person in my life who was my best friend for years like over five maybe over 10 years oh my god um and she sort of stopped communicating with me at the beginning of the pandemic and i sort of you know, was really nervous and not sure why it was a crazy time. And I wanted to be checking in on her. And, and so I wasn't hearing from her and I texted her just to like clarify the boundary. Like, Hey, it seems like you're needing some space. Just want to verify that that's true. So I can like respect what you need. And she was like, yeah, I do. Thanks so much. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and we really haven't spoken since then. So it's mm-hmm. been a long time, over mm. two years. Um, and so I guess I'm just, well, I know that like if she wanted to reach out to me, she would. So there's part of me that's like, just respect the boundary, be okay with never knowing what happened or maybe like what I did to cause her to want space for me and from our friendship um but then she's also like looking at my partner's stories and liking posts of like my well my partner posted of me for my birthday and i'm like okay magnifying glass emoji i don't know i hope time doesn't run out anyway i'm sort of in a space oh and my therapist is also like it's been enough time there's nothing wrong with reaching out to say like hey what happened but I guess I'm I'm sort of like I want to respect this boundary, but I we were also best friends for a really long time. So like, huh. not that I deserve to know what happened, but like, could we owe it to our friendship to like hash things out, even if we don't be friends moving forward or like whatever? Yeah. So I don't know. Any questions you have on on friendship breakup ghosting situations? Hey, um, I'm still nervous. Okay, thank you. Huh. Yeah. Can I say something just right off the bat? I, I There's this thing that, uh, there's this uh, 
I don't know, sentiment, feeling something that I think has developed in the last like 10 years. I don't know what the time period is where it's just like when they said at, towards the end, do I not deserve to know or mm-hmm. something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you've been friends with someone for mm-hmm. 10 years, I think you do deserve to know. Mm-hmm. But there's this thing where it's just like you have to let people go. Like you have to like just like live in the mystery or whatever. There's this feel, this sentiment. Like if someone draws a boundary in some way, then you have to. Well, I think the sentiment yeah. is this idea that it's a boundary and kind of using that language. I think that uh, the language of self-help and therapy has become real yes, like commonplace. Thank you. Thank and you then for, people yeah. love to kind of misuse it yes. or use I it totally almost agree. weaponize it. They'll yes. kind of use mm-hmm. it as like a, I'm setting a boundary. And then when you hear that, you're like, oh, like you're supposed to really like back it up. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. articulating. Yes. Yeah, totally agree. Totally um, agree. And it's all, it, it's impossible for that to not feel extremely personal because like even t- I, w- I once told somebody, a friend that like that a friend of mine unfriended somebody on Instagram and I, and I was just like, why did you do that? And, and they were like, I just couldn't handle their social media presence anymore. And I was like, I, I mean, whatever to each their own. What is social media? There's a whole other layer there. But at the same time, like to just tell someone like I'm triggered by your existence to the point that I have to remove (laughs) you from my consciousness is like, that's so intense to receive that. Like, so like my heart goes out to this person whose voice suggests they're very grounded. <laughs> and I don't like that the other, that the friend is liking things in their orbit. That yeah. feels, that feels right, this right. person, this person I feel projecting, completely projecting onto this situation. This person, the friend feels like somebody who's putting their own needs first in a selfish way where they're like, I'm setting the boundary, but I'm also going to like dip into your certain space, you know, like you can't do both. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, especially after two years, I do think it's worth and here and here's how I, I think it can go too. Cause I always advocate again, cause this is somebody you were friends with for a long time. Now you know better than us what she's like in terms of like, is this somebody for instance, who, um, you know, cause we talk, like cuts people out a lot. Someone mm-hmm. who uses real black and white or dramatic words like that person sucks or that person did a sucky thing. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. only you know the difference with your friend. Are they petty? Exactly. And like, mm-hmm. how much do they like to like keep a grudge? But I think literally, I think texting and just saying it's like, Hey, um, it's been a couple years and I would love to get coffee and talk, you know, just you know like just see what's up or just clear the air whatever language you want to use and just feeling like you know um after 10 after 10 years of friendship i'd like to know you're doing well you know something uh, yeah. i don't know do you but think like, it would be i i'm wondering is that I, too dramatic yeah that seems like a lot <laughs> for a text it seems like if i got a text like that from someone i might be like oh but like i do agree with the sentiment of like maybe like hey Hey, it's been a while. You want to get some coffee? And then maybe talk. And then you bring it up there, And like just feel it out there in person. I just remember, like, you know, there was a a good friend of mine from UCB who, like, uh, this kind of happened in Mm. the same way. Yeah, yeah. And 
uh, we try like I tried to like reach out again and it's just like and it was very odd like we did go get lunch I think at some point and it was just like okay this is dead like this friendship is yeah. like mm-hmm. it was and it was obvious and I didn't have to have a kind of like right you didn't have to ask for more yes you got yeah. the answer I just got like, the and it wasn't like yeah. it was a bad lunch or anything like that. it's just like oh it just was very obvious yeah, we from past there that the, uh, like whatever spark some... animated our friendship was gone yeah, I I get the sense, given the two facts we have about this person, which is that they like suddenly create a hard boundary, and they also will kind of play with putting their presence in this in the caller's orbit. Like those two things alone, I think if the caller did go to lunch or whatever, like no matter how they do it, I I think the important thing is to prepare yourself to hear. A, probably a very pointed hmm. uh, statement from that person hmm. about you and hmm. to just be if if you are okay with if you're open to that energy you're probably hmm. going to get that yeah. and so like there might be stuff that is valid even if it's subjective and like there could be really something to learn like if the person's like I just feel like you're better than me you know or whatever like right. you know like there's probably something to learn from there and then there's probably a lot that is that own person stuff exactly. and that's huh. and it probably exists more in that own person stuff to be honest I was gonna say I'm like this sounds like the I wouldn't be surprised if you interact with this person who was just like your energy was just getting very toxic for me. And yeah. the best way I could have self-care was to distance myself. Again, mm-hmm. using that kind of language and putting it in a way where it's like, totally okay, I'm toxic, but what does that mean exactly? And, you know, especially mm-hmm. again, when you've known someone for that long, to not be able to have it out with them yeah, in an honest way does speak to something else to me. Yeah, Because if I knew you for 10 years and then suddenly you was just working my nerve, I would say something because there should be enough... Um, security in that friendship that you can say something mm-hmm. totally but it's like mm. and i think the the sense of guilt i i feel from the caller and maybe i'm wrong about that so i'm sorry if i am but the sense of guilt or whatever residual unfinished business debt energy is there may speak to like upside of the dy- dynamic that like you actually would be better off outgrowing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You do deserve an answer. You probably will not get one. Or not get one you like. Or not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not. You'll get you'll get a real you'll get a lot of baggage no yeah. matter yeah. what. Yeah. What if uh what if they show up at their friend's house with a picnic basket and a homemade <laughs> meal? It's like, hey bestie. <laughs> well then I take it all back. I take it all back and the collar is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I made you a chicken Kiev. What do you think? Charles, did you have any relationships or many that changed as your career took off? And I would imma- and I mean certainly oh. like you know, Texas family, but also yeah. and I feel like more likely fucking grad school people who were in that hustle with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. St- yeah, for sure. For sure. There's a couple people. There's one person in particular who's been a through line in my life who I've had, I have so much love for and continue to, even though we're not that close anymore. Um, and there was a moment where they felt like I left them behind. Um, and huh. I was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't like put them in my things as much as I did other people. And in my experience, it was just like, well, I was moving through life and meeting new people and the energy was over here. And, and this person didn't really telegraph to me that they wanted that, to be honest. And then 
you know? And so we got really real with each other and there's been a couple, I've had a, there's, I've had like one or two friend breakups in my life, but really just one. And now we're Mm -hmm. back to being friends because we both just like worked on ourselves. That's all it was, was like, we were a little too enmeshed during my time in New York and we got a little too codependent and, and then we got really resentful and then we were like, we're not friends anymore. And now we're like, oh my God, can you believe that we ever were like that? And we can talk about it with like adult language Mm. now. How did you reconcile? Um, it was like five years and, um, and I still love her so much. Like she moved to, um, back to, she's from Australia. She moved back to Australia and, and now she's going to stay at my place in, in October. And it's like, maybe we don't have the same language that we used to. And it was definitely like a friendship born out of like the situation of being in film school and, you know, like all of that circumstance. And so you can't really recreate what was thriving about it anymore, but you know, mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'll always love her. And I, I really keep people in my life. Like, I really, yeah. really do. Like, I have I have a lot of love in my life. And, I, and I'm really grateful for all the people along the way. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many phases mm-hmm. to life. Like, I, I don't believe in but, letting people go. But did you reach out to her? They, that are good. That are good people. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that we both... I think we both sent each other some sort of like intensely dramatic DMs at some point. Like, and I don't remember who, like just being like, I am so sorry for whatever. Uh-huh. But like, you know, I wrote a lot of it into the movie I made with Sarah Violet, like, cause it was kind of fresh off of that. And it, that was about codependence. And so there was like a fight scene where I, I wrote it. <laughs> like, I just remember there, like we were like sitting on like a snowy bench in Washington square park, like freezing our asses off, having this like friend breakup. And, she was like, she she was like, you're passive aggressive, Charlie. And I was like, I'm passive aggressive. And she was like, I'm passive aggressive. Do you hear your tone? And it was just like, it was just like two, two passive aggressive people point, calling each other passive aggressive in like on loop. <laughs> oh gosh. That's and now it's good. just like, I can't believe, like, it just feels like, yeah, we were kids, like yeah. we were kids and we didn't know how to, we didn't know how to do it. Like we didn't know how to be people yet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Definitely. What changed? Just therapy? I think so. You know, the, the, that there, there are some people I I went to five weddings this year, um, this spring, Oof. all straight <laughs> and five weddings and a straight bachelor party. Um, no, I've never even been to one of those. It was my first, um, and it ended up being a lot of fun. Um, okay. and it really made me think about, um, being straight, straight, straight men. <laughs> yeah. I might try it, might try it again. <laughs> so worth it Um, (laughs) (laughs) and you know a lot of a lot of drama like amongst those weddings of like old college friend groups where like you know they might as well be reality tv people those friends like they're just like always going crazy always on drugs like always like cutthroat (laughs) and it's the most fun ever but there's a reason why i distance myself from them and so to be put back into ground zero at all these weddings of like people that i had totally distanced myself because I don't want to say they're toxic, but you know what? They haven't done the work on themselves and Mm -hmm. we're literally adults now. And it's like (laughs) you, the binary is, there is a binary for that. And it's like the people who have not been doing the work on themselves and the people who have, and it really shows now like, Mm -hmm. and, and, and friends who you're just like, 
you catch up with them and you're like, oh my God, like, it's cool to hear you talk this way. It's cool to find out that you've evolved and you are evolving and that we're both, we both have the intention to grow in life. And then you meet up with people you haven't seen in a while and you're like, oh my God, like this person <laughs> is, they're still like being rude to the waiter. Like, you know, like they're yeah. still crazy. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I'm just impressed that you went to those weddings because I mean, because it is like, because I know it's like that person was like, I knew you for a long time. We were really cool. So I get why I was invited. Yeah. But also because I don't see you that long. Do I really want to like travel and get a hotel and a present and yeah. all this? And so I don't know if maybe you're just coming out of the pandemic and you said, sure, I like a party. Like, I small talk sign me up <laughs> i mean i no matter what there are going to be a lot of people from my past at those parties in those weddings in a way that i was like i want to i want to dip back in you know oh. i want to i want to see what it's like what everyone's up to what the deal is you know yeah, yeah i get that there's a certain curiosity like i i'm like my uh high school reunion Mm-hmm. You know, we were out here. I'm not going to go back to Pennsylvania. I'm not going <laughs> to get in a plane to, yeah. go to Pennsylvania for it. But I was kind of <laughs> curious. I'm like, I guess if I still lived in New York, I might like drive. I would have yeah. driven down to, to, to see go, what's up. To, yeah. Just to like, yeah, there's, a, there's I, I get that curiosity that kind of like, um, how have these other people that I knew in an intense way morphed or not morphed? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though. Cause for me, because I really, I've, I always struggle with self-loathing, but I just really don't like who I was when I was younger. So mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to mm-hmm. see these. Even though I think I have improved, I am going to go be around people who knew me at what I deem to be my worst. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like my most sensitive, my most extra, my most needy. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't yeah. want it at all. And so I, um, I'm different like with college people as much as I was still like a little dramatic, you know, but like I have some (laughs) friends, college people where it's like, you know, I think I was starting to kind of come into my own, find what I liked a little, a little better where Mm -hmm. I feel like we can be friends now and be like, oh, look how we've changed. But think about all these memories. But yeah, I just don't like high school me. I cannot go back. Because you probably also, maybe you feel like if you go back, then you have to prove that you're different now. Or, like, you just can't yep. escape the fact that you're reacting to it now. Like, no matter yeah. how you play your cards, it's still going to take energy. <laughs> exactly. And also, I think my high school is different, like, because I feel like, I think I'm doing things that are, you know, good. Or, I guess, quote, unquote, I have something to, like, show for myself. Mm-hmm. But... The people I went to high school with don't care. They're all like working for hedge funds and lawyers and shit. Do you know what I mean? Like they will not be impressed by whatever I've accomplished. Yeah. Because it doesn't register in their world. I know your high school. I know I know your high school. (laughs) So so it's just like so I'm like I'm like, okay. So it's like, why go back and you know, they'll be like, Cool. Yeah. Cool. So that's on Netflix. (laughs) Well, Dalton people also just stay in New York. Yeah. Right? Like they're all like just New York people, so they're just like what are you? You're not. You're not in New York. What? I'm imagining a guy. You're talking to a guy with like a Bluetooth thing, and he yeah. clicks at it and, and like talk, like puts his hand over it or something to you, and he says like, uh, "Call me when you've done a hostile takeover." <laughs> okay, we do love that cartoon version. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, these are people who are like, "Oh, I don't." 
you know, I, I don't watch comedy. I don't really watch yeah. TV. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just like taking care of the kids. Yeah. I just watch working. Billions. I watch Billions in Succession, and that's really it. I watch Billions yeah. in Succession. <laughs> yeah. They watch the money shows. <laughs> exactly. That are just like, reminds me of my dad. Um, but... <laughs> yeah. Aww. <laughs> Watching Succession and being like, aww. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's so, but that's why yeah, I think so. But yeah, it's it is it it's interesting. The wanting to grow, growing while also maintaining relationships and letting them morph. Yeah, because the morph, as you you know, for instance, with you, Andy, where you're like, oh, the spark died. It's like, well, that's one morph, or the morph where it's like, we're both too, um, we're both too mature people now, being friends, mm-hmm. being mature. We're meeting up over a glass of wine and having yeah, a conversation. Yeah. Or the spark expands. I mean, there, again, a lot of my high school yeah. friendships had to deepen at some point. It couldn't just be kids in the hall references <laughs> for the rest right. of our lives. We had to start right. talking about our emotions yeah. and our feelings towards our parents and all this other <laughs> kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I think that that is sometimes as strange to go through as it is to have a friendship fall apart. Mm-hmm. Is to be like, oh, we're now we're... Yeah, we're not just talking uh, about uh, Simpsons episodes. Right, we're now not we're actually like movie quotes. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool though. That's that's cool because like a part of getting older now is that you can be like, oh my god, you're still here. Like this person mm. is still here, and I'm still having fun with them. And like, and then you get to be like, actually, we should honor that. Like that's actually like truly a real. That's real, you know. Yeah. And, and, and that's I, that the pandemic and and grief like they both solidified that with a few people where I'm just like wow like it's it's you know it's family at a certain point mm-hmm. and and there's the, there's still new experiences to have with them too yeah right that's I know why I, I commemorated it I gave all my friends really nice climbing shoes <laughs> totally yeah yeah I, t- yeah I took them on trips <laughs> <laughs> and Naomi made art <laughs> and I made art saying I appreciate you uh, <laughs> uh, Charles. Charles 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 I hope I was funny Charles. enough I feel like I got I feel like this was mixed with intensities <laughs> well that's what it, we do here that's, that's what you say right. open your heart right. listen to your butt it's a rhythm it's true okay sometimes it's the heart sometimes it's the butt Exactly. I, I feel that. And you just <laughs> You said a word, says sometimes it's the heart, sometimes it's the butt. Um Oops, I kicked the table. I hope I didn't mess something up. I don't think you did. But uh, well, let's restart. <laughs> All right, so we always suggest to our our uh, guests that they say the tagline, but put a little pep on it. So don't you have to do it over again, you guys? Thank you so much. We will see yeah. you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.